Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from Pastor Garth Ball. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Well, here we are. We've had some incredible messages about God being in control, and I think we've heard some convincing thoughts that God is indeed in control. And we've heard some, I was listening to some of the podcasts that I couldn't be here to hear in person, and hasn't there just been some incredible thoughts about the big picture of God's redemption plan for mankind, and how you know, the, God created the world and then in the Garden of Eden, man fell and God has had this, this plan of redeeming and rescuing mankind. This scripture says here, since the beginning of time, 1 Peter 1.20 says, God chose him, that is Jesus, as your ransom long before the world began. God has been in control the whole time. This was not a reactionary plan. It wasn't some, Jesus wasn't some last minute, last resort idea that God thought of, hey, maybe we could do this. He planned Jesus before the world began, before Adam and Eve even had a chance to stuff those things up in the Garden of Eden. God had already planned Jesus to come into the world, but now he has revealed him to you in these last days. We're living in days that people would have loved to see you. We're looking back at the cross. People were looking forward on it for thousands of years. We're looking back on it going, thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done. And, you know, next, Easter next week is such an incredible time to celebrate this key event of God's salvation plan throughout history. The moment that he sent Jesus, that he planned from before the world began, the moment that he sent Jesus in, to do what only he could do and to bring redemption to mankind. Uh, and so today, but uh, as, as we wrap up this, this thing of God is in control and move into the Easter message, I want to get really personal with you. I want to I bring this God is in control really personal into your situation. I think we've heard a lot that God is really big and he's in control of this this big picture thing, but I want you to know this morning, I want you to walk out of here knowing that God is in control of your life. Not only is God in control of the whole plan of mankind, but if you are a born-again Christian in here, if you have received Jesus as Lord of your life, then He is in control of your life. And I want to point that out to you this morning. I think when we talk about God being in control, though, it's easy to think that this is somehow outside of us, it's in a sphere maybe around us, but it's separate from us. And I mean, there is those aspects of God's sovereign intervention in, in, in our world, that his protection that Pastor Phil has been speaking about and his provision, these things that he's doing around us that we can't do ourselves and he is sovereignly controlling and working things out for good for those who love him. But I think that one of the elements that I love about when I think about God being in control is this, that not only is God in control around you, but God is in control through you. God is actually in control 
through you. And this is one of, it might not sound very profound, but I hope you might change your opinion on that by the end of this. But one of the, the, great, the greatest signs of a mature Christianity is that you know that, uh, that God is not only working independently of you and outside of you, but he's working in cooperation with you and inside of you. Your Christian faith is actually a wonderful partnership, a synergy between you and your faith and God. God's part is brilliant, but yours is most wonderful and necessary and powerful. And so let's just look at a couple of scriptures to help show you that I'm actually not lying to you this morning. Colossians 1.29 says, in, in that um, passage, Paul says, that's why I work and struggle so hard. So there's this element of Paul working, depending on Christ's mighty power that works where? Within me. Paul knew that one of the great ways that God was working around him and in his life was actually within him. Uh, in Philippians 2.13, he says it again, for God is working in you. People, that is good news, that God is not just working outside of you or around you, but he is doing a mighty work actually within you. Now, this is a truth that I think explains the reason why we feel like God is silent sometimes in our life. And that's what I want to expound on this morning, because it's in those times that I've found that you, you start to doubt that God is in control when he goes a little bit silent. I don't know if you've experienced any times like that where you feel like you want an answer about something, you, need, you feel like you need God's assistance with something, but it seems like he's gone a little bit quiet. And I've noticed that Jesus is, has no problem with having an elephant in the room. You'll be saying, hey, God, what, you know, what about this thing? He's just like, yeah, it's all good. Not, got not much to say about it at the moment. And you're like, but seriously, what about this thing? And I had this recently because, you know, when Jamie and I started, were making the decision to go to Africa, for me, it was like this, God was talking about a whole lot. He's given us vision. He's like, yeah, 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 this and that, and go and do this. And I'm like, this is amazing. God is speaking so much. But when it came down to organizing details and specific timing and organizing this and that, it's just like, mm. all of a sudden, he, I'm like, God, what are, you, what, what are we going to do about this? He's like, mm. oh, no, 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 God. But, you know, no, no, hello, here we, I'm here. I need some answers here about this. And I started getting frustrated for a detailed person and a project managing type, and someone who likes things in order, it's not a good place to be. You want the answers that you need. And I sort of started thinking about a a few of these things about God being silent the other day when I was just spending time with God, uh, just in my own time. And it was one of those moments, you know, you have, you know, in your daily devotion with God, sometimes you spend time with Him, and sometimes you, you know, you just getting in the Word and praying prayers and, you know, it's all very, feels very natural. But there's other moments where you're very aware of his presence. And if you haven't experienced that, let me encourage you to pursue that because it's incredible when you actually spend time with God and you know he's there. But I was in my room and I had the new Bethel um, CD playing and I had my Bible ready to go. I was all ready for absolute divine encounters. But, um, but every time I went to like, I was just, I, 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 I felt this, overwhelming sense of the presence of Jesus in in my room it was I don't often get this and it I don't like sounding too super spiro sometimes but I it was a very evident sense of of God with me right there 
And so any time I went to like even open the Bible, he's just, no, 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 just, just be still and, and be with me. And so I thought, wow, if God is here in such a powerful way, he's going to have something really powerful to tell me. This is going to be like life changing. I'm like, God, yeah, speak to me, Lord. I, what, what is it that I need to, you know, tell me what I need to hear. And, I, and there was nothing. But this is the feeling that I couldn't shake. It was a feeling that God was there, but he was just hanging out. It was like he was living there. To sound really weird, I, had, I couldn't shake this feeling that he's just like putting clothes away. And for some of you that, that maybe know me, you might think that it needs a divine encounter to put clothes away <laughs> in my room. Pastor Julie, seen that a few times. But it was, it, was like, it was this sense of he's just so natural, he's there. He wasn't paying me too much attention necessarily. He wasn't like telling me heaps of stuff. He wasn't, you know, giving me all these great directions, but he was there. He was with me. And I couldn't help but to think straight away of the story of Jesus calming the storm and how he was asleep in the boat and how he was very much in control, but he wasn't doing very much at all. And that's the feeling that I had. And as I turned to that passage, I, God just started to speak to me about a whole bunch of things. So I thought we'd just go through it together and have a look at those, some of those this morning. So I wonder if you could turn with me to Mark chapter 4. And I'm actually going to get you to turn there because I don't have it up here because I actually thought it'd be great if we turned to our Bibles together. That'd be a, a novel idea. So Mark chapter 4, and we'll just read this together. It's just a short, short story. Love the Gospels, of books of short stories. So it says, I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. Uh, if yours is different, then I'm sure we're big enough and beautiful enough to uh, just deal with that and understand that. So Mark chapter 4, verse 35, says, As as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Please note there how significant a a situation this is. This is not like, you know, I stubbed my toe and it really hurts. Like, this is a seriously threatening situation. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. These stories, until they become fresh in your life, they just, you just take them for granted until you actually look at it and read and go, wow, it's a serious situation and Jesus... He has his head on a cushion and he's asleep. The disciples woke him shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other, even the wind and the waves obey him. It's an incredible story. Let's just look at one of those verses again. Verse 38, it says, Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? You know, when God seems a little bit silent, our minds can play tricks on us and we start making assumptions that are completely incorrect. 
And I want to point out three of those this morning, three of those assumptions that, I'm te- that I tend to make that are completely incorrect when Jesus is silent. The first one is this. When Jesus is silent, it is not because he is absent. Jesus' silence is not mean he is not there. Let me tell you that right now. He was very much in the boat. New Testament, Old Testament says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will be with you. Surely I'll be with you to the very end of the age. Jesus' silence in your situation does not mean he's not there. The second thing that it doesn't mean uh, uh, that, it, that, it, that we're looking at here, when Jesus is silent, it is not because he is unconcerned. His silence does not mean he doesn't care. Jesus, teacher, don't you care? You, you obviously don't care because you're not getting involved and you're not speaking to us. Uh, the Bible says all over the place that Jesus cares about you, that you are his most valued creation, that, that as much as he cares for the creatures of this earth, that he values you even more than that. You are the pinnacle of creation. He saw, he created everything that you see and he said it was good. He created you and he said you were very good. You, every single one of you were very good. But thirdly, and I can see some people laughing at my writing already. Thank you very much. When Jesus is silent, it is definitely not because he is not in control. That does say that. It's not because he's not in control. Do you want to borrow? <laughs> Might help you. Yeah, it's not helping. Feels right. You got a pair and it's not helping. That's why. Uh, it's not because he's not in control. He was so in control that he actually spoke to the winds and the waves and they obeyed him. You, let me tell you, if you're not in control, you're not going to sleep. I know uh, we've been teaching Gemma how to drive a little bit lately. And uh, the first time that we took her driving, uh, there was no sleeping involved. I tell you what, no one was looking off the road. No one was going to be even just, you know, looking out the window. Eyes are fixed straight there going, oh my gosh, this is a serious situation. This may not end up too well. Did not feel in control one bit. I did ask her permission to share this because she has improved a whole lot. And when we went camping in January, she, we, she drove the whole way from here to Diamond Head. And it was, it was brilliant. It was peaceful. It was, Jamie was asleep in the back. I'm in the front looking out the window, keeping an eye on things. But it's all good. I knew, I, the reason that I, was, that I was able to rest, the reason that Jesus is able to sleep in your storm is because he is fully convinced that you have everything that it, you need to be victorious in that situation. That is why he's able to sleep when you're there. Uh, Let's have a look at this scripture. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked him, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? What's he saying? He's saying, why did you wake me up? Why did you wake me up? I don't know if you've been woken up unnecessarily, Jamie sometimes hears a noise and wakes me up and I'm like, what's that? But it was, it's just a possum outside. It's just a, the cat. But he's saying, why did you wake me up? You had this sorted. I'm not necessary in this. I'm not out of control, but I'm in control working in you. I've given you everything that you need. I've told you everything you need to know to deal with this situation. 
I'm not unconcerned. I'm not absent. I'm not out of control. The fact remains, but that you had what it took, you had what it takes to sort this situation out. Uh, I went, I remember one season I was playing cricket and we went on an end of season trip and we hired a houseboat and just chilled out on the houseboat and swam in the Hawkesbury River for a weekend. And uh, one particular time we anchored near a beach and we're going to head onto the beach and just hang out. <clears throat> and, and so me and my mate, you know, I, I, I don't swim a whole lot. I never swam a whole lot. But me and my mate were like, oh, yeah, let's just swim there. We don't need to get in the boat. That's fine. And so it looked like it was pretty close. I don't know if you've ever been deceived like that. And, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that, that'll be easy. We can swim that. And so halfway along, I started going, oh, man, I'm feeling really tired all of a sudden. Tried to put the old feet down, nothing. I'm like, oh, no, this is not good. And so some of the guys were coming out, and they had a little boat. I said, oh, boys, oh, I'm struggling here. Can you? I love telling embarrassing stories about myself. It's fantastic. Like, boys, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling here. And I saw one of them, they only had one spot left and it had their beer on it. And so they sort of looked at the beer and they're looking going, Do we, that, we're going to have to get rid of that if we get him. And I don't know if that's a fair trade. And, uh, and they're like, no, 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 you're all right, you're all right. And I was like, no, I'm not. And so I saw the oysters over there. There was oysters. That, there was a bit closer to here, but so I'm like, oh, I may as well just head to the oysters. And they're like, don't go to the oysters. I'm like, well, it's better than drowning, isn't it? I'd rather get cut up and be on land than, than drown, and, and they look at the drinks again, and, and, and he's like, and he's like, put your feet down, and I was like, no, no, I've, I've tried, I can't, I, I'm struggling, I need your help, put your feet down, I was like, I can't, see, and I stood up, and the water came up to about <laughs> shoulder height, I tried it just a few seconds ago, that all happened very quickly, and you know, that wasn't, that wasn't such a wonderful trip the rest of the time. Uh, they like to bring that moment up quite regularly. And even actually on Facebook, some of them, if I, when I started swimming a little while back, one of them would comment, like they call me um, Eric the Eel. Remember that guy from Sierra Leone uh, that was in the Olympics a, while, a few, anyway, it was cool. But, but here's the thing that too often we freak out and because we don't realize how capable we are, We ask God to do something for us that he's asked us to do for ourselves and he's empowered us to do for ourselves. Where they're going, God, 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 I need your help. You don't understand. I need you to speak to me. I need you to intervene here. I need you to sort this out. And he's going, just put your feet down. You've got this. Just get grounded. Just, it's all good. You know, I've given everything that you need to overcome this situation. You, You don't need me. Trust me. You've got this covered. I back you. You've got this sorted out. Now, Let me just clarify that this is not a self-help thing I'm talking about. In and of yourself, you aren't that crash hot. I'm sorry to break it to you. I love you, but but we're not that capable. We're not that amazing. And Jesus makes this clear. In John 15, he says, Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. You know what? In your own strength, you can't do little. You can't do small amounts, you got nothing, baby. You can't do anything. But with Christ, when you remain in Him and He in you, you can do all things. The reason that God is so confident in you and about you 
and his so control in and through you is because when you accepted him and the forgiveness that he paid the price for, that you became what the Bible calls in Christ. And once you are in Christ, you get every benefit and blessing from Jesus Christ to live victoriously in your life. Because you are in Christ and Christ is in you, that is why God backs you with the situations you are facing and doesn't need to rush to your side every time you get in a little bit of struggle. He has given you, He's empowered you with everything that you need. And that is an incredible thing. See, the cross not only changed the, the whole uh, way the, of God, you know, all of God's redemption plan and, and brought into uh, this you know, brought into control this whole redemption of our planet, but it, it changed the life of every individual that chooses to accept him as Lord and Savior of their life. That is a beautiful thing. I mean, I just finished filming uh, eight sessions with C3 College Online with Pastor Phil Pringle called The Born Identity. And the subtitle of that is Who You Are and What You Have in Christ. And I tell you what, Eight, session, eight 30 minute sessions was not enough. It's not enough to find out everything that you have been given because of what Jesus has done and given you. It was not enough. He, he was rushing, going, oh man, okay, we've got to get through this one faster. We're going to have to leave that out. We're going to have to leave that out. Man, you are, you've been justified. You have been sanctified. You have been made a child of God. You are an overcomer. You have the victory. You have an inheritance. You have the power of God. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the name of Jesus. You have the word of God. You've got his promises and you've got his principles. Man, you have no, if you're living in defeat, if, you're, if, if, if Jesus says to you, why are you afraid? If you're fearing, it's because you've forgotten what you've been given or it's because you didn't know it in the first place. And there's going to be no altar call that I can give at the end that imparts all this knowledge to you. You've got to find it for yourself. You've got to search the scriptures. You've got to get into the word. You've got to read it for yourself. You've got to spend time in his presence so he can speak to you what you have and who you are in him. Because when that happens, all of a sudden situations come and you, 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 you go to turn to God, be like, you know, yeah, I got this. I think I, I got the end. And, you, can, and you, you start declaring things over your own life and you start in prayer and you start reading the scriptures and declaring scriptures over your situation. God has given you everything that you need to be victorious. That is why he is in control. That is why even when he's silent, he's in control because he fully backs what he has placed on the inside of you to get the job done. And uh, so... Look, here's just a few scriptures that, that give you a, a picture of what God has given you. 1 John 5, 4, For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Oh, no, isn't it God doing everything for me? No, no, your faith has the power to have victory and see victory in your life. If you don't have faith, you got nothing. So we need faith to arise on the inside of our life and not shrink back when, when storms come and not get fearful when storms come and not worry and think of the worst case scenario, but by faith declaring that all things turn out for good to those who, who love God. Right. Romans 8.11, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Is that not an incredibly profound? The same power, the Spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead won the greatest victory the world has ever seen, is in you right now. You might not feel it, but you've got to know this by faith that this is the reality. I don't care what you feel, 
The reality is the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, regardless of what you feel. Romans 8.37, no, despite all those things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. That should be your life, overwhelming victory. Another version says more than conquerors. You're more than conquerors. Not just victory, overwhelming victory. You know, it's it's not a holy thing to be struggling in life. It's a false humility to think that God wants you defeated and downcast and and, and living in defeat. God has called you to live in a place of overwhelming victory. That's the price that he paid. Okay, and so just to wrap up, um, how do we live in these times? If God's seemingly silent, what do we do then? Like if, if, if we've been given all this and, and, and God's, you know, often it's about a particular situation. You know, often God wants to talk to you about everything but the thing you want him to talk to. But, you know, in these particular situations, how do we walk in these situations? How do we live in these situations while God's like that? Because we don't want to, we don't just avoid him because he's there. We, we need to have a relationship with him. We want to connect with him. We want to keep believing him. So I'm just going to give you three pointers here that have helped for me to understand how to navigate a situation where you feel like God is a little bit silent. Here we go. Three things. We need to keep, whoops, faith. You need to keep your faith for a particular thing. It's very easy in, when there is a divine delay to lose faith. It's very easy for me in the moment to go, oh, you know, God, you're not making, you know, a whole, met, a whole lot of straight paths for this Africa thing at the moment, even though I, you know, so clearly saw them at the beginning. It's very easy to just go, oh, man, is this ever going to happen? Like, it feels like I'm waiting for so long. But you've got to keep perspective as well that the, the, the delay that you're experiencing right now may seem significant, but in the context of your whole story, it's going to be very insignificant amount of time. You know, when you think about Abraham and, and waiting what is it, 13 or 14 years for the promised son, Isaac, to come forth. Can you imagine getting a promise from God and then think about 12 years later. 12 years later, you're still nothing. You're getting older. It's looking less and less likely that that thing can actually happen, let alone will actually happen. And, and then finally, it comes through. That, but in the context of Abraham's life, that time wasn't the whole thing. Abraham kept faith. The Bible says... He kept believing against all hope. He says he did not waver in his faith. Do you know the good news about that is? Even though he, he went to the Hagar situation, it seems he sometimes doubted. God is not after your perfection in faith. He's after your perseverance in faith. He just wants you to get up and keep, back, keep going. And so if you've lost faith for a particular thing that God has promised to you, and it seems like the delay has come, you've got to keep that faith. Don't let it go. Don't let go of the thing. You need to hold on to it. You don't need a perfect faith. You just need to get back up and go again. Start reminding yourself of what God said. Keep speaking the scriptures over your life. Start declaring the promises of God over your life. So you must keep a hold of the, of the faith that God uh, had placed on the inside of you. And we can get Lisa up. That'd be great. But secondly, you need to keep balance. Uh, don't get too caught up on the thing. As much as you need to keep faith for that thing, don't get too caught up in that thing. Don't put, don't put all your energies, frustratedly, all your prayers into it, all your thoughts into it, all your, your energies into it. Because if God is being a little bit silent, it's because it's a divine delay. 
It's not like it's, you know, it, 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 it's not always like the devil holding things back and you've got to pray it through. If you start trying to pray through a God delay, you're going to get very tired very quickly because God's very patient. If God's using a tactic where he's just saying, oh, just chill out for a bit. It's all good. Just wait a little bit. Your impatience is not going to change his mind. So there's no use just going, come on, come on, God. I need this. I need this. I need this. I need this. Like, you, you need to have balance. You need to go, okay, well, I'm going to keep my faith for this thing but I'm not going to put all my eggs in this basket. You know, I mean, this very moment that I had with God the other day, that came out of a a prophecy that I received from Mark Kelsey up at a Newcastle Pastors Day. And he said, God's got you in a season and you're, you're under the shadow of the Most High. You're in the shelter of the Most High. Don't try and work everything out in your mind. He goes, it's going to, everything's going to work out, but, but you're under his you know, you, you're with him at the moment. You're in, a, you're in a hidden place. Don't try and sort it all out in your head. And so that, because I'm there trying to figure it all out, going, how's it going to work? What are we going to do? Let's move here. Let's do that. God, and God just said, no, no, no. It's all good. Don't want you to try and figure it all out. See, the thing that we want in a situation is different to the thing that God wants. God wants me to find him in this season. He doesn't want me to find all the answers. He wants me to find him. And it was in that moment where I go, okay, you know, God, I'm going to keep doing a few things. I'm going to keep my faith, but more than anything, God, I'm going to keep my eyes on you. Now I'm going to just keep worshiping you. I'm going to keep coming to you. I'm going to keep getting in your word. I'm going to keep praying. I'm just going to keep drawing near to you. And to tell you what, it's been in those moments that God's done a whole lot more than in my pushing and my striving. So if God's not budging on something, don't, don't, you know, swim against the rip. Go with it. Because you're going to get tired swimming the other way for too long. Just go with what he's doing and just embrace him and, and get into his presence. And the, the final thing that I, I think we need to do is, is uh, keep active, keep busy, keep, keep moving forward. Keep moving. Don't give up. Don't let the, the delay dishearten you. Don't let, it, don't let it cause you to go, oh, well, I'm, uh, this is just not going to ever happen, so I'm just going to not do anything. You know what? I, I had in one of these moments recently, I, I got some of the clearest vision for C3 Nairobi that I've ever had. Know exactly what it's going to look like. Exactly what God wants to do in it. Still hasn't told me some of the answers that I want. When's it going to happen? What's this going on? But, but you keep moving. And because as you keep moving, He's preparing you and He's giving you the things that you need for when He finally goes, okay, here's the answers to the other things. But if you stop, and you just wait until this happens, you're not going to be ready. And so you need to keep moving. You need to keep faith, keep perspective, and keep moving so that God's ready and He's putting everything into your life that He needs to. Hey, why don't we just stand up and just pray for a couple of minutes here. I don't know if any of that made any sense, but hope it makes a little bit. When God is silent about something, it's not because he's not in control, guys. It's not because he's not there. It's not because he doesn't care. It's because he has given you the faith, the power of God, the word of God to get through it with him. You're not doing it on your own. It's him working in you and through you. He is in control in your life, through your life, around your life, all about your life. So why don't you just close your eyes here? Just for a moment, if we can get everyone to close their eyes right across this place. Firstly, I just want to pray for anyone in here who has not received Jesus Christ as Lord of their life. I say all these things 
to people that have Jesus in their boat. If Jesus is in your boat, you can do it. If Jesus is not in your boat, it's time to be afraid in all seriousness. You can't do this life without Jesus Christ. You can't do it. No no, no self-help guru, no willpower will help you get through the things you need to get through. It is the divine power of the Holy Spirit through Christ. As you come to Him and you say, Jesus, forgive me, wash me clean, set me free. God, I acknowledge Jesus as the Son of God and I ask Him to live in my life, to rule and reign in my life, to have control of my boat, to give me direction, to empower me. So if you're here this morning with every eye closed, I do not want you to leave this place without an opportunity to say a prayer and commit your life to Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. He rose, he he lived on this earth 2,000 years ago, performed miracles, died on a cross, rose again in victory so that you could have connection with God, everlasting connection to Him and be given every blessing from heaven, every spiritual blessing in Christ, the Bible says. So if that's you and you haven't, look, I'm not talking about if you've been in church for ages. Being in church doesn't make you a Christian. I'm not talking about if you believe in a God. That's not the way Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you have not acknowledged Jesus as the Lord of your life, I want you to just lift your hand up in, in just a few seconds and, and say, Garth, this is me. I'm going to ask you to lift your hand up. Say, Garth, that's me. I, I haven't done that and I don't want to leave here today without it. So as I count to three, I wonder if when I hit three, if you can just lift your hand if that's you. The count of three, one, two, three. I wonder if you can just lift your hand up if that's you. If you, that's you here this morning, you say, Garth, I have not given my life to Jesus. He's not in my boat. He is not Lord of my life. I wonder if you could lift your hand really quickly, give me a wave. Don't want to embarrass you. I just want to pray with you. If that's you, I don't want you to leave this place without that opportunity. Is there anyone here this morning? Is there anyone here this morning? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Everyone else, I wonder if you can uh, lift your hands out like this, but don't get too spiritual on me because then I want you to turn to the person next to you and grab them by the shoulders. Anyone, just make sure no one's left and say, you've got what it takes. You are in Christ and Christ is in you. You are more than a conqueror. You have the victory. You are unbelievable. The power of God is on the inside of you. That's what you need to hear. You You don't need to be some massive divine moment of prayer. You have what it takes. You can get through this without a shadow of a doubt. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Let's be.